Hello everybody and welcome to This Game Where, with me, Ashley, and... Me Chris, hello everyone. Sorry, I was waiting for you to say me Chris, I don't know why, because you're not me. That was no. very strange. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Feeling a bit existential, clearly. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you so you should be. You're right. you alright? I don't think you are, are you? I, apart from that weird moment. Yes, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Good. I'm I'm actually really very good. We had a review uh, left. Actually, we're a bit late to this review. It was left at the beginning of June. Um, Ricky Thomas left it for us on Facebook. Uh, he was very complimentary. And I read it this afternoon, about an hour before we started recording. So, yeah, it put me in good spirits. And it's a really nice review. And in the review, he said, oh, it'd be really nice if they, uh, they did Streets of Rage. And... Which we actually did last Which week. Which we did last week. Yeah. As, as a complete coincidence. Genuinely, as a coincidence. No. Yeah. N- nothing more than that. So how about that? But if you listen to this episode, Ricky, and you want us to do a game not as a coincidence, then feel free to send us a message and we'll we'll do it. No questions asked. Well, I say that. We might ask some questions if it's like, I don't know, some obscure porn game from the BMX XXX. Remember that? I'd I'd be happy to do BMX XXX. I've never played it. No, I haven't either, because it looked terrible. It didn't look well. Maybe it did look terrible. It looked like a product of its time. It was a it was the quintessential PlayStation game. Yeah, quintessential. I think PS one game. It was it was Tony yeah. Hawk's with BMXs. That's what turned me off it as well. Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Was there? It wasn't. No, because Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX is oh, yeah. Tony Hawk with with BMXs, and it does it does a very good job of translating, at least as far as again I'm concerned, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX two. I should add that caveat is one of my favourite games. Really, ever? Yeah, it's really good. It's got a great soundtrack. Everybody bangs on about Tony Hawk's soundtrack. Uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX two on the PlayStation two has an amazing soundtrack and it it complements the game so well we're going to be playing it at some point but we're gonna to have to do it when you're here because you don't have a playstation 2 that was an absolute curveball i really wasn't expecting that to be one of your favorite games ever so that's, a, that's oh. a, another nice way to start the episode anyway what mm. game are we doing today is Ooh, it is it matt today, hoffman's pro bmx you just said that would not, be a lovely so bit of not. serendipity as well wouldn't it to, yeah. to add to the rest of it no it's not. It's some something slightly more sedate, uh, perhaps. Or although it depends how you look at it, I suppose. And it's also a really obvious one. So my my uh, little spiel to tell you what it is is you'll know straight away. I've tried to obscure it a little bit. Are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Okay. So this week it's this game where you take fairly granular control over the building and management of a theme park, <gasps> rolling your sleeves up to design the most thrilling rides you can imagine. So it's going to be either Theme Park or Roller Coaster Tycoon. Which one are you punting for? <sighs> Whichever one I punt for, it's going to be the wrong one. So I've actually written two versions of this episode specifically for that reason. Oh, really? What, no. You... no. <laughs> that would have been good as well. I'm going to go Theme Park. No. Of course what? it's not. It's Roller Coaster Tycoon. Oh, well, that's still it's a very Roller good Coaster choice. Tycoon. Roller Coaster Tycoon. Yeah, again, uh, one of my favourite games ever. So there we go. There's two of my favourite games. And I say that, but the list of my favourite games is actually quite long. And 
um, changing. But these two would definitely be mainstays. Uh, Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX 2 and, and Rollercoaster Tycoon and, and everything else. Well, I was going to say everything else, it spawned, but that's not true. And we might get to that later. Rollercoaster Tycoon 1 is what we're doing today. But it could just have easily been Rollercoaster Tycoon 2 because that's just like an extra better version of the first game. Um, and I just, I really wanted to just keep that in my back pocket so we could do that at a later date. Sometimes I'll do episodes like this and I'll I'll push them together because I think, well, we can't sustain doing more than one episode on that series. But I think I'd be happy to, one, talk about Rollercoaster Tycoon for another hour and two, play two more hours of Rollercoaster Tycoon. Uh, for another episode so yeah you're, you're quite right i could i could quite happily spend the entirety of the rest of this evening playing this because uh this is probably one of my favorite pc games as well and i equally as you've just intimated i spent a long time playing this when i was a, a nipper shall we cut it there then and shall we go and play the game should we just make it a very short first half maximize the amount of time that we can play first half we're very welcome uh see, see you later see you in a bit yeah Um, that would work now i should probably tell you a few bits about it so uh, i mean do you want to tell me anything that you know about it or do you want me to give you a few bits before i tease some stuff out of your brain it's developed by chris sawyer well he was at least the the brain the brain child i was gonna say no you're right brain child he is the it's his brain child and Sorry, go on. He, he's the guy who created Transport Tycoon, which we covered back in an early episode, maybe episode seven. Yeah. This was the game that came out after that. I think this was 1999. Yeah, it was. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. And it uh, is... Tra- Transport Tycoon Deluxe was 94, so there's five years between the games. I think there was a game in between, or at least he worked on a game in between, which was Frontier or something like that. Yeah, because Frontier was the uh, developer. So Frontier made elite and um then the second game in the elite series was called frontier elite 2 the third game in that series is the one that he worked on in between transport tycoon and uh rollercoaster tycoon and that is frontier uh frontier first encounters right so yeah he had a small break between transport uh, between tycoon games and then came back with a vengeance with rollercoaster tycoon and what was the development team called that, that made this or was it just chris sawyer well that's what i was going to pick you up on i i rudely tried to interrupt you um in your flow because chris sawyer for the most part chris sawyer developed this on his own he, really he's one of those right. one of those creations solo developer um and actually it was quite interesting because he you may or may not know this he actually retained the rights to rollercoaster tycoon to the right to the ip and every and the trademark for it so all of the releases afterwards, they've been made in one form or another through a licensing deal. Frontier, the people that made Elite, Frontier also made Rollercoaster Tycoon 3, which is when it made, went into uh, 3D. Yeah. Um, and then subsequently, um, Atari have been putting out games in the series. Um, but Chris Sawyer retains all rights. So does he get... Everything is made under license. So he gets money from these subsequent releases despite having nothing to do with them. Well, yes, he yes he gets money in term in form of royalties, and there was some uh, back and forth in the in the law courts about that because uh, I think Atari were trying to shaft him in one form or another. Um, but that's a different story altogether that I'm not really going to tell. 
the the more interesting thing is that uh, Chris Sawyer has the option to pull the license. Oh, to say from Atari. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he owns. As I've tried to labour, he owns the entity that is Roller Coaster Tycoon. I don't think he has any intention to pull it. And I've read an interview where he is um, very, I mean, I'd say neutral on the entries that have been put out lately. Um, And I think a lot of people would skew less than neutral most of the time. So he's been very diplomatic at the very least. Um, the the in, the more interesting thing, and I was going to tell you this at the end, but I might as well drop it in now. The more interesting thing is that Atari hold the license up to the thirtieth of June two thousand and twenty-two. Okay. So ten days from the date of this recording, that license is going to expire, and I have no idea. I've I've dug and dug and dug. I have no idea whether that license has been renewed or whether Atari are 10 days away from losing the right to publish games in this series. Now, it would be very interesting because if that happened, then the licensing rights would return to Chris Sawyer and you never know what might happen then. I mean, Is that why, is that why we're doing the game today? It, no, it's not. I, we're that's, doing, that's just we're doing complete timing again. It's timing again yeah wow Um, i found that out after i decided to do this game the reason we're doing this game is because i've brought stinkers the last few weeks so i really (laughs) wanted to try and redeem myself with this and uh hopefully that will be what happens but we will see i I mean i'm pretty confident i'm pretty confident we're going to enjoy this it's definitely going to be brilliant i've played it i said recently i've played it within the last two years and uh yes it's still amazing spoiler alert it's one of those games you keep coming back to yeah, it really is. It's um, just yeah, to um, just to address kind of we said it's like a ma- it's, it's a man sim. Uh, it's an isometric kind of top down, not top down, like an isometric side perspective with uh, like a grid two and a can, half you, D. They'd call it, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, where you can rotate it ninety degrees uh, to scroll around to uh, realize your your dreams of running a theme park. And it yeah, is so Rollercoaster Tycoon one which i'll call it just to differentiate it from subsequent releases um it has multiple different scenarios yeah it has a number of different scenarios that you can uh work your way through if you think of i mean man management simulations have done this time immemorial i don't know whether i don't know where it started but i do know that railroad tycoon gave you similar sort of challenges as levels that's how that's how the levels function that each scenario will have three criteria that you have to try and meet in order to complete the level what it lacks is a sandbox there was no sandbox option in roller coaster tycoon one when i found that out i was a bit perplexed because i'm sure i remember playing like free free of money restraints and all sorts of things and what i actually think happened was i downloaded some kind of third party patch in order to get a sandbox mode you pr- you, now, pr- you probably did because i did exactly the same thing but i'll let you finish your, your train of thoughts and then i'll jump that's in okay with- so i was trying to find whether i i was trying to see if i could find whatever it was that i would have downloaded and in doing so i found out that actually chris sawyer was in a bit of an arms race with people that were putting these third party patches out because they would put these third-party patches out and for whatever reason i couldn't find an explanation for it chris sawyer would then release a patch that that nixed the changes that they made oh really so every time you updated your game with the official patch your 
third-party patches would stop working. And then, obviously, what would happen is that the people that were doing these third-party sandbox patches, they'd just release an update to their patch and, and so on and so forth. And it was sort of like Chris Sawyer, them, Chris Sawyer, them, trying to get get the upper hand. It's like the, the Hydra, Hercules and the Hydra. A little bit, yeah. There, there's no explanation that I could find as to why Chris Sawyer was anti-people fiddling with the game in that way, other than maybe his he he wanted to retain his control over what he'd released and maybe he you know i can imagine but this is all speculative i can imagine when you've made something and you've made it very specifically the way it is and also when to work through these scenarios and it's when it's been made by him pretty much by himself you know he, yeah he is the, the head hunter of this game you you kind of gonna want it to keep it the way you imagined it i guess maybe that's the only thing that i can think really might might explain it but yeah it was just an interesting thing because i was part of the problem there i guess well, the, <laughs> uh, for chris sawyer the one that i had i can't remember what it was called but i can picture it it had a, a dinosaur on the on the top of it on the um you know the the, the bar at the top of a programming mm. windows uh, just underneath that a picture of a dinosaur like a velociraptor uh, so whatever the name was it must be something to do with the dinosaur but i can't remember what it was and okay. this was a program that you ran in the background and you you run this program and then you run rollercoaster tycoon and what would you do with this program is you could assign so for example if you pressed f11 it would give you fifty thousand pounds because this was right. a game set in in england so it used pounds as opposed to dollars if you pressed f10 you could then set it to unlock all rides and that one of the one of the options was to unlock the entirety of the map. So when you have a map for a level, there is a, a white fence that goes around the edge of the the area that you're developing, and you cannot go past that. So your park is only as a finite space you can build in. With this patch or mod or whatever you want to call it, you could then press a button and then it will remove all those restrictions, so you could build hmm. however much you wanted. Yours was better than mine. Right. Mine. Mine was, I think, just a sandbox, as far as I remember. So you you had something a little bit more fully featured than I did. Um, but yeah, I just I just found it quite interesting that Chris Sawyer didn't didn't want those changes to happen. Um, I can't even remember where I got that mod from. No, well that's the problem. I've been I've been looking around the internet to see if I can find what what it was, but it's hard to track down because the game is twenty three years old now. So yeah. Um, we we've sort of touched on this already. Chris Sawyer developed this game pretty much on his own over the course of two years, and he was actually you might be a bit sad about the genesis of this game because he was working on a sequel to Transport Tycoon Deluxe when he shifted from Transport Tycoon Deluxe to Roller Coaster Tycoon. He did that because having hated roller coasters all all of his life, he suddenly suddenly i think somewhere around 96 found a, a huge love for roller coasters i don't know what changed i again i've tried to find out what what changed in him but i haven't been able to um and going from hating them to loving them overnight he then switched development to bit to making a game about roller coasters which was codenamed white knuckle <laughs> up until um it it came out that's a good code name yeah, so he was working on Transport Tycoon Deluxe, uh, switched to this, worked on this for two years, and the game was actually 
Wow. Did we have last week Streets of Rage? The code name was was Bare Knuckle, and then this one's it was the code name is White Knuckle. What again? A nice bit of serendipity. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is all culminate. It all yeah. going to culminate in like we're going to find out that tomorrow the world ends or something. I, I hope not, because there's no one listening to this. That's true. Yeah, no one will ever hear all of these coincidences come come <laughs> about. Um, yeah, so he'd worked on it for two years um, before he even showed it to a publisher. And there's an interview with him uh, from 2016 by Eurogamer where he suggests that actually one of the reasons that he was able to retain, one of the reasons that he was able to retain the rights to the trademark and the IP was because he had quite a, a strong case for it being his because it not it not been meddled with. There'd been no suggestions made by a publisher in the development process because by the time they saw it it was already what it was going to be so that might have given them a case um i i've sort of gone i've I've gone on a slight tangent because one of the things that i wanted to tell you about him loving roller coasters is that he's having having sort of exited the development sphere for the most part he devoted his time to riding roller coasters Did that he? was what he ended up doing yeah yeah so as of, again, 2016, as of 2016, he has ridden 657 different roller coasters around the world. Right. Um, and I, I, I couldn't find the name of it, but after one particular um, occasion on which he rode the same roller coaster 39 times without getting off, he spent several days in bed quite ill. <laughs> not surprised so he's he's very dedicated he's very dedicated to roller coasters well i knew that story that you've already said that he didn't like roller coasters and then suddenly had this epiphany and that's what gave him the idea to create this game but i didn't know that he was quite into them to that extent that is that's Mm. really going above and beyond the call of duty yeah um a lot of well not a lot i've read an article i've read an interview with him from Eurogamer. this is where some of this information is coming from and he i've said that he devotes his time to doing that even as late as 2016 he was um doing roller coasters they were his main drive but he also one of the little tidbits that i i quite like learning about him is that he does a lot of voluntary work in his community and he goes into his local uh primary school and helps their media team oh that's nice yeah, I think it's one afternoon a week, but he's been doing that for quite a while. Oh, that is good. So yeah, it's not all roller coasters. Well, what you could do is you could go on YouTube. You got all the videos on YouTube of first-person roller coasters. Have you ever watched those? Um, yes, I have actually, because I was writing a, a thing about roller coasters, so I was I was riding them virtually to yeah. help me help me write this thing. They're, so, they're really good. My daughter, when she was about well, two, uh, used to really enjoy watching them and, get, and sit there going wee. They're not as good as roller coasters, though. No, I'm going to put that out there. No, I agree, but it's 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 a nice entry point. So when you suggest to Chris Sawyer that he should watch roller coasters on YouTube, actually, he's probably doing things the right way, going and riding. Yeah. Hey, Chris, uh, you know you've, you've, you've spent a lot of time, and money, uh, riding six hundred seven roller coasters. Um, you do know YouTube exists, don't you? You could have done that on YouTube, mate. <laughs> yeah, I bet that'd go down well. So um, I've said that he's exited the development sphere by and large but actually he has come back to it in very small ways over the last decade or so because one of his uh 
one of his going concerns was to pr- to bring some of his games to mobile platforms. So I think you probably did mention that he brought Transport Tycoon Deluxe to mobile um, sometime in the early 2010s, and that was his first foray into doing so. Um, 2016 again, big year for Chris Sawyer, uh, or at least as far as I've found, um, he released Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic to the to mobile apps ios and android and he i think it was origin 8 helped him with that the reason that he needed help was because or one again one of the reasons that he needed help was because the original game was made in machine code or x86 assembler code which is uh like you're looking you're looking either dazed or confused i'm not really it's, it's sure. both i'll be honest you've glo- you've glossed over you've glazed over well i'm going to explain this anyway because uh, you do you do have some understanding of of code and programming and whatnot uh, uh, minimal rudimentary enough and en- enough to understand what i'm about to say so there's there's high level languages and there's low level languages high level languages are, are languages like c sharp and c++ and so on where they've put together um, a form of grammar, for lack of a better word, that dictates, that governs how you would write the code and what what writing certain things would result in for uh, said code. And it's comparatively easy to learn when compared to what's what's referred to as low-level languages or machine code, or in this case, x86 assembler code, because assembler code uh, sorry x86 assembler code and other low-level languages instead of having this grammar and and that grammar talking to the machine you talk to the machine directly so your code will tell the machine exactly what to do with the piece of data where it goes in the processor even right so it's like really sort of granular development. And one example, in order to understand this as best as I could, I had a little look on uh, on YouTube, a, a, um, a video to try and explain it a bit better. One example was saying about how even just writing it is even is more complex than than if you were dealing with a higher level language. And what you might be able to do in C or C++ in six lines might take you 18 or 20 in in a lower level language like x86 assembler. So why Um, did he use that then? Again, I wish I knew. I couldn't find out why he used it. I presume uh, it was. So one thing to say is that it wasn't exactly out of the ordinary for uh, low level languages to be used for coding. Things like uh, the original Super Mario Brothers would have used low-level language in their programming. The the thing that I'm not sure about, because I'm not completely well-versed in, in all of this myself, but the thing I'm not sure about is how prolific it would have been in 1999, or whether it was a hangover from the fact that he'd got into coding pre-mid-90s when... Uh, say the PlayStation came out. I'm guessing it depends. A little bit. It depends on what Transport Tycoon was written in, because Rollercoaster Tycoon oh, uses be, the same interface, and a lot mm. of the same um, sort of systems, I guess, are in Rollercoaster Tycoon are what was used in Transport Tycoon as well. So, yeah. if Transport Tycoon had been written using that, then it presumably would have been fairly easy to have just ported a lot of the code over. 
Well, I think easy when it comes to comparatively would be yeah. I think there was some some reuse of of assets. Yes, for definite. Um, I do know that like the isometric nature of it that came straight out the the code in order to to manage that and handle that. I think came straight from Transport Tycoon. Um, and yes, it, it would only be sensible to reuse bits that you can reuse, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um. And it would have been written in x86. The, that, though, as I said, that's why it's been so difficult to bring them to uh, mobile because they've had to basically rebuild the game in a more modern language. Or, well, yeah, a more modern language. It's interesting that that one's called Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic because obviously you've got Rollercoaster Tycoon. Is it World, I think, is the one on iOS? And that yeah. one's supposed to be not so good. Yeah, by all accounts, very um, microtransaction heavy. Yeah. Yeah. In his diplomatic way, Chris Sawyer said that uh, the direction that Frontier had taken with Rollercoaster Tycoon 3, sort of going 3D and free roaming camera and such, um, and then subsequent releases by Atari like Rollercoaster Tycoon 4 Mobile and Rollercoaster Tycoon World and all that lot, um, he says they left a niche for the 2.5D isometric a slightly more simple approach to the same genre. And that's why he made the decision to re-release it, because he felt like there was a niche that was was there. Very tactfully put. Yeah, I thought so. Um, So that is pretty much... Oh, yeah, expansion. So it published in 1999. By the end of the year, there was a second entry in so much as there was an expansion called added attractions in this country or corkscrew follies in the u.s corkscrew follies i think is a better name personally but you don't get the alliteration and that matters when you when you come to 2000 and the expansion loopy landscapes landscapes. yeah is released so yeah without the alliteration i'm not sure what i think but i do think Objectively, Corkscrew Follies might be a better, more engaging name. And you probably played all of them. It is the upshot. Yeah, well, I was I was going to ask you about sort of your your experience of the game, but yeah, it seems like a good point to jump in to talk about me. So my uncle had this, and I was absolutely hooked on this game. I really enjoyed playing it at his house and borrowed it to play on our PC for a lot around ninety nine two thousand. Um, I had a friend who was also a really big fan of this, and he. Um, I managed to persuade him. I went around to his house during the summer holidays, I think probably year 2000, and I managed to persuade him to, because um, he didn't he didn't go to the shops very much, this friend, and I managed to persuade him to... Um, That's a weird fact about somebody. Oh, well, he didn't go to the shops very much. It's, it's because... Just, just the odd trip to WH Smith's, that was it? No, he just, they, they were A quite, biannual trip. It probably was. They were quite an insular uh, family. and Good for I them. Ma- I managed to persuade him to... Uh, they, he wanted to buy the um, expansion pack. I think it was probably Loopy Landscapes, and it would cost ten pounds. I managed to convince him to give me ten quid, and then I'll go and buy it for him. Because then you see, I could then play it in the interim. And then I remember the you third... you, in- you opened it, installed it on your computer, and then gave it to him second hand. No, first hand because technically it was his. And you borrowed it before he could play it. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, shady. This, this, That's shady. That shows a level of how 
how addicted I was to this game because uh, I, d- I didn't that think... That you I'd... would do shady things yeah, in order to be- get your fix. I to get... Yeah, right. exactly. And I remember... So I, this I remember is the dark side of Rollercoaster Tycoon that I didn't know existed. And having having the box in my bag, because obviously it was you know, big big old PC boxes, and I remember unzipping it on the playground and passing it over to him, oh, there's your game. And then thinking, <laughs> Outrageous. That's awful. Are you in contact and friendly with this person now? No. Or... No. So you don't mind that you shafted him? No, not at all. Couldn't care less. I suppose you did him a favour. You were his you were his game mule. Yeah. And I was testing it before he, he had it. Why no, we don't need to know why he didn't go to the shops. It's probably actually quite a healthy thing that they didn't go to the shops very often. What about you then? How did you get your hands on it? This was one of the first games that I had on our modern PC because uh, one of the first games that we had ever on a PC came installed on the PC that we got from our neighbour who was very friendly and passed us a PC over the fence Aust- one day. Australian? Uh, she was. I'm sure she was from New Zealand and I don't know whether we... <laughs> it's all the I same. I, <laughs> well, uh, I kind of feel like we have this conversation periodically when I mention her and you say... Either she's Australian or New Zealander. And I go, no, she was the opposite to what you just said. So she's probably, over the course of these hundred or so episodes, she's probably been Australian for a little bit and then New Zealand and then not Australia and New Zealand. Because I, I honestly can't remember anymore what she was. Um, but she was very nice is what is what I can tell you. And they donated their PC to us. It was very, uh, in relative terms, ancient. It was running Windows 3.11 and it had a neon-coloured version of Rollercoaster Tycoon. Uh, installed that was the first pc game that i think i played on our computer on a computer that we owned this was the first one of the first games that we got when our pc was modern and when i say modern i mean it was it was probably running windows me so we we skipped ahead slightly and we're running windows me and uh, rollercoaster tycoon was the mainstay uh, game for me I don't remember if my brother was much into it, but for me, it definitely was one of the the biggies, one of the one of the important ones. Um, and I spent forever on it, and was always looking at the internet trying to find people's designs. And uh, I I seem to think, and I can't remember, and I didn't check this. I seem to think you could actually download people's roller coasters and you could import them into the game. Yeah, you and could because I, I was terrible at designing roller coasters. I always made roller coasters that that were too quick or that banked too much so then the roller coaster carriages flew off and I, I was just not very good and you could definitely you could download ones off the internet the idea behind that was that you go in and you tinker and you you fix the problems that you've caused yeah that's what i did do but then i tinker and then i inevitably cause another problem and just that ends up just getting very frustrated with that mm. there there is a roller coaster that was a mainstay for me of all of my parts and it was based on a roller coaster that actually was quite local to us in a in a theme park that existed up until fairly recently called Pleasure Island. They had a, a coaster called the Boomerang, which I thought was quite uh, unique, but actually turns out is a standard uh, track layout that actually exists around the world in many many different parks. So you could you could probably find it even now in in somewhere else. But the Boomerang was a a coat a lot i can't remember it's not a launch coaster basically they it drags you it takes you up backwards a an arm 
and then when you get to the top of the arm it lets you go and you go down the arm you go up and round a loop-de-loop round a, a bank possibly round a little corkscrew round another loop-de-loop back up another arm going forwards up the arm this time you get towed up the arm and then it lets you go and you go backwards around the same track and i based a roller coaster on that but i i minimized the ride time by making it just one loop and two arms so you'd get towed up one arm nice you'd get let go you'd go around the loop and up the other arm and then you come back down that was the end of the end of the uh ride people loved it people like the the guests loved it and uh it was the, a huge money maker so that will be the first thing that i build when i've got a bit of money today one of the things i like doing was was naming the guests um, just you said what did you name there. them well there's cheats did you know about these there are yes yeah. yeah do you know what they are these are very 90s cheats i know it, nigel bansell's one of them damon hill damon, oh it's all the same isn't it yeah damon hill uh, they're basically the same person so they drive the co-carts faster yeah uh, i don't remember any of those okay i do right, remember damon so hill either <laughs> chris sawyer and if you name if you the put guests, in chris sawyer yeah uh he'll stop and take photographs they you say cheats they're not actually cheats really are no, they they're like little like, easter eggs yeah they don't, they don't do anything substantial to the to the management side of the game they're just fun and it's actually uh i've never joined the dots before two hospital does the same thing where you can rename yeah. guests and mm. uh, my daughter and i have quite a lot of fun naming all the guests after family members and friends and you know really enjoying that rollercoaster tycoon's doing it over 20 years previously i Never yeah, realized. it is, and actually, Planet Coaster, Planet Zoo, they also have that same thing, right? Um, where you can rename the guests, so they're pulling definitely from the same well. Planet Coaster, Planet Zoo are also made actually by Frontier Developments, who are the people that made Elite, who then went on to make Roller Coaster Tycoon Three, and then built on all of the, what they learned doing that to make uh, Planet Coaster, which, as far as I'm concerned, is the definitive coaster creation or, or theme park creation uh, game on pc or anything actually any anything any any platform at all it's the it's the absolute definitive entry um so simon foster if you if your name's on simon foster he'll stop every now and then to paint a picture melanie warren uh she'll be happy all of the time and spend lots of money uh damon hill drives go-karts faster john bubro i hope that's the way to say his name john bubro does something every time you push the l key I never did that one. To something. I'd like to know what, so we'll do that one. Uh, Chris Sawyer takes photographs. Katie Brayshaw, she makes... uh, Pardon me. Her uh, naming someone Katie Brayshaw will make the guest wave to the other guests, which is very pleasant. Uh, John Mace pays twice as much for all the rides. Get in. And Tony Day is constantly hungry. I assume that these are references to people that Chris Sawyer knew. I would assume so. How did you, just on that note actually about charging, were you a, a benevolent theme park owner or were you a, a bad guy? It depends on what I'm trying to achieve, doesn't it? Do you, what you mean is, do I charge an upfront fee and then make all my eyes free? Or do I... Bit of both, really. Like, for example, when it rained... Do I put salt on the chips so that they yeah, buy... Yeah, exactly. All that sort of stuff. All the behind-the-scenes yeah. stuff, which I really love. Like, when it rained, hike up the price of the umbrellas. And they get a little tip from the top there. Yeah. Well, is that... Is, um, it depends on how you're looking at capitalism as a system, doesn't it, really? True. Uh, because in a, if, you, if you're invested in capitalism as a, as a system, then that's actually not being a bad guy. It's just following... 
capitalist principles. Just being a guy. It's just being capitalist guy. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, I probably I do actually. It is food for thought. I play management sims a lot of the time as a capitalist, and that is not exactly in line with my personal politics. Yeah. Not not wholly in line with it. So yeah, interesting. Thanks for calling me out on that. Yeah. What are you? Are you a bad guy? I mean, we know the answer, but clearly, okay, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I haven't got anything else to say. Have you got anything that you want to say before we play? No, I think it would be good to actually play the game rather than I mean, i've got lots of really good memories and there's lots of things i can remember mm. about how the gameplay itself works but i think at, at this point we've been talking for nine and 40 minutes it's probably best yeah, it's to too actually long isn't it play the game and sort of see what happens okay okay I feel like I want to lean into the second half talking about Rollercoaster Tycoon, but we just had the revelation that I have a hanky and it seems to have blown Ashley's mind. Oh, I, I knew you had a hanky. I knew you had a hanky. He's just used it in front of me. And I forgot that people had hankies. I forgot that Chris had a hanky. I forgot that they got used. It's weird. I I mean... I've got hay fever. I need, I need to use it. Okay. I know lots of people with hay fever that don't have hanky, hanky well. chiefs. They should. I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. I'm not saying you shouldn't have it. I'm saying you're an anachronism. You're an old. You're an old soul in a modern world, and it's it, it's interesting and strange. That's me all over. I I, yeah. I was I was going to open the second half with uh, making them as a roller coaster. I was going to go. No, I'm glad you didn't. So hanky chat instead. Just just for everybody listening. I mean, I know I won't talk about it too much but the handkerchief that chris has got it's the size of a duvet as well so he's got this this thing that he pulls out of his pocket it's like watching a clown pull you know one of them well handkerchief <laughs> things out of their pocket or oh, he's showing me something else it's got homer simpson stitched into it right and and all of his snot i saw homer simpson's face and all of chris's bogeys this is excellent i've probably got this actually thinking about it around 1999. I've had this handkerchief a long time. Oh my god! I do you do the washing in your house? Yeah. Okay, that's all right then, because I think expelling all of your snot into one rag and then asking someone else to wash it is maybe not the most polite thing to do. <laughs> Probably not. But uh, lucky that's not the case. I deposit mine round the house. I'm so. sure. You, I'm sure you do. <laughs> right, Rockers Tycoon. Yep. Uh, it's great. It's really, yeah. really, really great. As expected. Uh, it was kind of a cheat, this one, wasn't it, really? But I needed to get back off my knees because I was down. I was I was one blow away from having to quit the podcast in shame. Oh, no. Well, good call on Rollercoast Tycoon, then. Yeah, it was brilliant. It, we have, wa- well, I was going to say we wasted time, but we've spent a lot longer playing this than we should have. I got into a bit of a zone. I didn't really realise what time it was until Chris said, oh, I've just stopped playing because we've got to get this recorded. And then we've spent a little bit of time looking up prices for, for the game. So we're way late. It's going to be a late night tonight. 
And also, I only stopped because I noticed at the time I could easily have spent a lot longer on the game. Yeah, it's it is that sort of game, and we I think we both knew that it was coming. Really, the only well, not the only one, but uh, the what I would compare it to is where I get when I'm playing Civilization, whereby it just takes over and you get into the you get into this certain frame of mind this uh, i'd call it the zone but i wasn't particularly performing at my best it's just that you get into a very focused state of being and time stops mattering or meaning much but what i like is that that zone is very calm like other games mm. at mansims uh, have it quite frenetic like you've got to balance lots of things at the same time whereas this about the most exciting dramatic thing that happens is a ride breaks down and then a mechanic goes over and fixes it job done i mean i, I guess there I think, are you could create roller coasters where the car goes spinning off the, the track and all that but yeah the, the way i played I the game tonight that are, was the most exciting point you can get yourself into quite serious financial holes or into um a, like a death spiral in terms of guests just not coming to your park you're not making any money and you can't invest in new rides in order to get more interest in your park you can't do advertising to so you can end up in quite difficult circumstances that are hard to get out of but i think as long as you're basically competent at, at management simulations it's probably not going to happen and therefore as you say it's going to be quite a relaxing um experience for for most people um i have actually thought of someone that i'm going to recommend it to that i should have recommended it to a long time ago because they've they've been playing jurassic world evolution and they've been enjoying it a lot but one of the things that i think they don't particularly enjoy is the stress element of it the the fact that you sort of always been driven forward by needs Whereas the needs here of the park, they don't really, they don't really dictate everything. It's it's a game that's very open to what the player wants. Definitely. And you don't always get that with management simulations. Oftentimes, it's the game has demands, and you have to meet the demands of the game. Whereas this game, Roller Coaster Tycoon, does have demands, but the demands are very slight, and they're very, they can be addressed in very broad ways, and, um. It leaves you open to make choices that are particular to you. So if you are if you are particularly interested in thrill rides, then go for the thrill rides. If you're particularly interested in the uh, family rides, then go for the family rides, and so on. So yeah, I, I thought that was quite uh, quite. I think that's a nice touch, design element wise. Yeah, and, and I guess linked to that, another thing I liked about it was how little strategies that I, I think might work might not. Uh, came to mind so i seem to remember that if you placed for example on an exit path off a roller coaster if you placed some a, a burger bar for example that that would then capture people off the ride obviously or if you placed a, a queue to a really massive roller coaster you've placed it quite far away but then along that path placed some burger bars i seem to remember that they would have more business as people walked along now i'm not sure if the game has that level of depth to it but equally i'm not sure it does not have that level of depth if that makes sense yeah it's that sort of um school playground type 
intrigue around a game where where certain people will you might you might find out that from from a friend that yeah if you place burger bars in certain places this happens or the one that i always believed and i don't know whether it's correct or not is that if you put an entrance and an exit opposite each other um as as they exit one ride they'll be more likely to go on the new ride because the exit is uh, the en- the entrance is directly close to the exit so there was that one uh there's the fries and the drinks where which i think is actually that de- definitely works that is a mechanic of the game um and as you said uh putting roller coasters towards the back or or putting big draw rides at the back so that everybody that wants to go on it has to go past all of the other rides and they'll spend money as they go well, and that um, is exactly what I did with my part today. I, I placed a roller coaster at the back, did a big path leading up to it, and then I did the path with one half of the path, or one side of the path, I should say, had all the rides along it. And then the other half, I did the little areas, almost like boulevards, where I have an areas with refreshments, and then I had a seating area, and another area of refreshments, a seating area. And that seemed to work quite well, because I managed to pay off my, my, my load quite quickly, which was nice as well. Yeah. I wasn't particularly fussed about my loan. I was, uh, I, I didn't think that we'd get to play it long enough to be able to, to, to worry, to, to need to worry about that. So what I ended up doing was investing a lot in research to try and unlock as many rides as I could. I actually didn't get that many. And one of the things that we both noticed was that you can't change the speed of the game, whereas in a lot of other management sims, you can. Um, and that helps to pro- progress things a little bit faster because you rack up money quicker as as people spend money faster. And I think if you en- if you introduce that into this, it-, it would be beneficial, but maybe change the pace of the game. And as we've sort of intimated already, that pace is quite satisfying, quite nice to be in. It took long at its own pace. I, I agree that the not being able to change the speed is a bit of a negative but i do think it would ruin the game if that were that to i be there. wouldn't go that far I, w- not- I wouldn't say ruin but i think that it would check it would definitely change how you experience the game yeah and i think there's something to be said because i i was struggling a little bit with waiting for my money to a tick up so that I could afford certain things. But then at the same time, I was using that time, that downtime between being able to purchase new things. I was using that downtime to maintain everything else and, and uh, tinker with my pricing to make sure that I was maximizing what I could actually earn on everything and, and so on. If you were increasing the, the money generation element of it, you would have less time to do that. So kind of maybe the game is designed to give you space to do that i think so and i I like i liked that downtime bit the fact that you've got that plate spinning right i know that i've got an eye on that there's a new ride coming at some point soon but while i'm waiting for that ride to be available i've got to let's have a look at some landscaping let's have a look at getting a mechanic employee let's have a look at getting an entertain let's put some bins in and all those sorts of things i thought that the structure of it the actual gameplay was as i've said is really good i was also surprised i mentioned the loan elements i was also surprised at the depth of the game as well the fact that even just in terms of the finances, you can you can do like advertising campaigns, or you could do half price entry just to drum up a bit of business. And then with the rides themselves, one thing I remember really enjoying when I first played this was the customization side of it. So you can have changing the the, the color painting, for example. So mm. the, the Ferris wheel, you might have the main wheel of it this color, and then individual spokes this color, but then the outside rim of it this color, and doing all that. Now 
it's also worth pointing out at this point that we were playing the deluxe version on Steam, and the deluxe version is the original game and the two expansion packs, which I actually mentioned in the first half. It also comes with a few extra bells and whistles, which we'll talk about a bit later on. So there are some gameplay elements we've looked at today that actually aren't a part of the original game, but I don't think we'll ever do an episode on Rollercoaster Tycoon Loopy Landscapes or Rollercoaster Tycoon Corkscrew Follies because that would seem a bit pointless. So it is, you know, uh, but so... For example, with the entrance and exit, you can, with this deluxe version, you can change the, the stylings of them. So rather than just being a brick building, it could be like a, a big top tent. That yeah. definitely was not in the original version. That's definitely something that came into one expansion packs. Yeah, I don't know where... The lines are too blurred in my mind yeah. to know when I, each of those things came in. Because I was playing these things on top of one another. I, I think that I started off with the original game and then got expansions afterwards. But to to be able to i i'm surprised to be honest that you can remember uh how they all broke down in that way well the, the reason for that is i mentioned in the first half that uh, mod where you could assign different keys to different things and what i did was i created this massive massive theme park loosely based on epcot where i had a lake in the middle and mm. i did little areas going around this lake that are all themed around different things there was a roman area there was a, a dinosaur area there was a victorian area and i had this big up this big big scope and i sunk hours into it where one half of the park was geographical and one half of the park was his- historical uh the the dinosaur area i called the ride the t-rex terminator which i remember being very very pleased with so because i spent so much time on this park developing it landscaping it theming it that was why i can categorically say which parts of the game were from the original okay. and which parts are from the expansion packs yeah okay cool misspent youth absolutely yeah when we first started playing it today as well, it was for me, it was the familiarity of it all. The 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 opening sequence, you've got the logos and you can hear the ratcheting of the chain, almost like a well, exactly like a roller coaster. And then there's the scream of people going out as the roller coaster tycoon logo pops up. And I really like the logo as well, how chunky it is and it, it it's it's a really, really, really nice logo. I also really like we talked about this relatively recently with The Sims as well. We talked about the Sims using Comic Sans. I think the font that's used in this game is really nice. I have to say, I didn't actually uh, pick up on that. What is what is the font? Do you know what I, it is? I don't know. I, I feel really nerdy picking on the fonts. I'm not nerdy enough to say, mm. oh, it's this font. So it, I don't I don't know. It's fine. We're, we are two people talking at length about games. I think it's okay to be a little bit nerdy. Okay. It's All right, fine. then. But my point is that I'm. You not don't have to call yourself out about it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm not. I'm not that far down that that nerd path. I'm afraid to be able to identify the fonts. But whatever the font is, it's really ruddy nice. Okay. Cool. In terms of the sound, I picked up on a few nice features playing it as as well. The stereo issues, which is really effective. It gives you the sense as you move around the park of kind of you know where you are in relation to your big rides. If you set them mm. playing music, for example, I thought that that was a really really nice touch. Um. I also liked hearing the the sims as they are yeah the, the characters walking around your park i liked the guests i liked their their reactions the fact you could hear it there was also there was that there's that really famous audio clip of children cheering uh, there's sorry, the children laughing yeah that's been used in so so many things now i first heard this back no in idea tycoon. it's been used in so many things it's one of those like you know the um like the wilhelm scream yeah something that appears yeah i'm familiar with the wilhelm scream yeah scream the scream, uh, but I didn't know that there was one an equivalent for children laughing, and yeah. I didn't know that it was in the game. And this, this is the first place I ever heard it, but I've heard it in so many mm. things since then. So many things I now can't think of off the top of my head, but it's uh, that's okay. That's always the way. Yeah, 
With the rides themselves, another really nice feature was how much information you can find out about the rides as well. So you can find out that the speed of it, and you can you can mm. set that. I've talked about the clothes already, but you, you can then tinker with the actual the mechanics of it. So the, the swinging ship, for example, automatically defaults to go eleven times. We then realise you can set it down to seven as the lowest, and then obviously you can then get the guests through uh, more quickly. Yeah, that ties into what you were talking about being are you are you a baddie or a goodie? Because I, in that respect, I would always try and maximise efficiency in terms of getting people through the rides, and that was what my roller coaster design was was for. It was like the fastest way to get people on and off it, and also have them satisfied. And I always used to set all of my swing rides or spin rides or whatever. I would set them to the lowest number of swings or spins so that people were on riding and off as soon as possible. That's fair enough, because then you've not got people waiting the queue for ages. Well, yeah, but they're not also getting, you know, the best uh, ride, are they? They're getting the they're getting the shortest that you can possibly offer. Oh, they're getting some two spins better than no value spins. for money. Yeah, I mean that is an age old adage. An age old adage. It, it is, which is two also spins quite is better than no spins. It is. With the rides as well, I talked about, I think in the first half, about the fact you can place the different tracks, so the, the track-based rides, your roller coasters, your mini cars, etc. Mm. And there's a, a set of pre-created tracks. And then in this deluxe version, there are also quite a decent handful that have got this weird like code, like a, a string. So it's you. Yeah, they're not named, are they? No. So you have, like for example, the mini cars, there's three default ones that have got names you know like a nice ride or a day out or whatever you know something that, that sounds like it would go with a little toy town type car ride and then you've got these random four that are like you open bracket zero two seven five close bracket and the fact that it appeared i just thought it looked a bit strange like as i thought it was a book so i actually checked out on his version it was same for him so i looked into why this was a few conflicting reports about where this has come from on steam but the 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 most favored story seems to be that what happened in the early 2000s again we talked about this a little bit with with the sims the idea of being able to create your own content for the people that on the hasbro interactive website that they allowed you to upload your own creations for different track-based rides and then the best ones then got put into the rollercoaster tycoon deluxe package which then got released on cd kind of the mid noughties and then that as that is the version is on steam those tracks Mm. are the ones that are available in this game. Now, why has Bro Interactive went to the trouble of doing that, but then not naming the rides or even asking the people to upload them to name them themselves? I don't know. It does look a bit jarring. But it's a nice story, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it could have been implemented better, but at the same time, it couldn't it could have not been implemented at all. Hmm. And the idea that they were collecting together community builds and actually making them part of an official release i I really like that so i'd rather it was implemented the way it's been implemented as opposed to not not at all that's my view one negative again we kind of intimated this in the first half as well is the lack of a a sandbox mode still playing rollercoaster tycoon deluxe there is no sandbox mode i would also counter that though that i know for a fact that rollercoaster tycoon 3 has got a sandbox mode it's not quite the same game obviously it's 3d as opposed to isometric like this and it's yeah. not got chris or his involvement but if you are looking for a sandbox roller coaster tycoon to tycoon type game that would be my suggestion although you're aware of a couple of other ones aren't you? you've mentioned planet coaster a couple of times yeah planet coaster is the essential 
uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, uh, the essential theme park game at the moment. There is another one, and and it 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 has mechanics that build on the work that front because it's Frontier Development um, game, and they worked on Rollercoaster Tycoon Three. So the things that they tried to implement in Rollercoaster Tycoon Three, they then built on quite extensively in Planet Coaster. It it is fantastic and it's very wide ranging and the 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 after release support that they've given the game has been phenomenal they've built it out to quite an insane degree really in terms of uh, the expansions that they've offered i think there are 12 at this point and they offer hundreds and hundreds of pieces of theming and build building uh, pieces so when you build your roller coasters there are there there aren't infinite possibilities but there are enough to make it feel um infinite and you can you can theme your rides out and your queues out to whatever extent you wish it really is if you've never played it it's it's something else it really is something else um, I think there's a is there a ghostbusters expansion pack that has like yeah, a there rides is, yeah. or something Right. It has the it has theming, so you've got like the Ecto one, mm-hmm. uh, and and a load of other stuff that you can actually place in and around the ride, ghosts and such uh, things. Um, and I think it has rides in, included as well. <clears throat> uh, that's actually one that I don't have. I've got I think I've got eight of the twelve, just eight like that. Yeah, but they're also they go down in they go they go on sale on a fairly regular basis, and they're very good value. Um, if you, the only thing with Planet Coaster is you have to be careful that it doesn't just like Roller Coaster Tycoon uh, eat up your time because you can it's the sort of game that will get you fired. So, so yeah, I'm oh, sorry I can't come in. Warning. Yeah, exactly. I've yeah. got I've got this game that I've got to play. So um, yeah, that's that's one. The other one that has done the rounds in the last few years is is Parkitect which I'm not familiar with, and you actually reminded me existed uh, this evening, but is supposed to be very, very good. It has it has a very positive um, buzz around it. And I would like to... It's actually on my wish list. I don't know why I haven't got it. I think just because Planet Coast has satisfied that itch when it came out and, and ever since, really. And then Planet Zoo afterwards uh, fed that same that same need um i think park tech got lost a little bit in the fray it's but nice. yeah there's been it's been a bit of a been a bit of a renaissance for the for the reimagination of reimagining of classics because you've got theme hospital remade in two-point hospital or not remade reimagined in two-point hospital planet coaster is theme uh, is roller coaster tycoon um zoo tycoon planet zoo Got City Skyline um, as SimCity. So yeah, yeah. It's it's been it's been a really nice decade for the management sims. Well, I'm pleased with Rollercoaster Tycoon. The fact that its legacy is that it has led to games taking it and sort of into the modern age, and that's a, a really mm. wonderful thing. But if you yeah, are interested is. in the original, uh, it is currently on Steam. Rollercoaster Tycoon Deluxe. So that's the original one and the two expansion packs for four pounds seventy nine, which is yeah. a steal. Yeah, it is. You can also get uh, the... So we've mentioned the fact that Chris Sawyer brought 1 and 2 to mobile devices, and that was actually in a pack called Rollercoaster Tycoon Classic. That is available on Android and iOS. It's also available on Steam. 
it's not as affordable. It's fifteen pounds. I don't really know. I'm not. I'm not au okay fait with what it offers, but I do know that it's like a an amalgamation of the two games, and you can play all of the uh, all of the stuff from Roller Coaster Tycoon One, but with the benefits of Roller Coaster Tycoon Two's advances in design. It feels like a, a greatest hits package, like the best bits yeah. from both games packaged together. Yeah. The other option that you have is um, Open RCT Two. So in the same way that you had Open Transport Tycoon Deluxe, there is a version of of, uh, of Roller Coaster Tycoon Two that is under the same banner, Open RCT Two, and that allows you to play all of the all of the content from Roller Coaster Tycoon One and Two, and its expansions, I think, uh, but with some sort of modern modernizations. And I I have never again i've never had the need because i've always owned the games i i've never had the need to look into open rct2 i only found out about it recently you do actually need this is a difference between ttd and rct you actually need to own our uh, roller coaster tycoon 2 to be able to play open rct2 so there is a, a mechanic there to to ensure that people are actually abiding by um what would you call it? The law. The law, I suppose. Is it the law? Because I don't. I suppose it. It would be in this case. It would certainly be the law. Um. But yeah, you you. But because basically, it uses the assets from RCT two. So if you've got a copy of RCT two, you have to bring some assets from that into the Open RCT two, uh, folder system in order to be able to make it work. So yeah, is it? I, I don't know what it is. I might have a little. I might have a little look. Uh, it's it's an option. So running the episode are lots of recommendations there. We've played Roller Coaster Tycoon Deluxe. It's amazing. But there's a lot yeah. of other options out there if something else uh, takes fancy. Alternatively, yeah. But I would recommend all of them. Like there, there's no at least the ones that I've played, and even to some extent the ones that I haven't. They're all very recommendable. It, it's just I suppose what you're wants and needs are yeah so yeah it's a it's a very rich little niche in gaming well thank you for bringing that ashley uh, i absolutely enjoyed the living heck out of rollercoaster tycoon and uh, i'm going to file it alongside her story and titanic as something i am going to play outside of the podcast how about oh my that? gosh well know, right? you probably were doing that anyway to be honest yeah, I found a save file from Roller Coast Tycoon from when I first yeah. saw it in April last year. But we'll we'll, we'll leave yeah. that. We'll put that put that to one side. That's okay. Right, next week it will be back to me. I'll bring a game next week. So in the meantime, if you could remember to come and join us on social media, like, share, subscribe, rate, and review. And uh, as I said, on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Yes, please. Thank you ever so much for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. Bye. See you then.